so happy to see the people of our fellowship using their gifts and talents for the glory of God. Amen? And thank you for being here today. So I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. Merry Christmas! I didn't hear you. I said Merry Christmas! See, the good thing is, First Assembly, we, you know, it is great to be, I hope everyone has a happy holiday. I hope everyone greets people in the spirit of the season, season's greetings. But at First Assembly, and here and those of us who know, we say, Merry Christmas. Yeah! (laughs) So, for me to you, Merry Christmas. God bless you. Have I told you lately that I loved you? I know you want me to sing that song, but I'm just not going to. I'm not going to do it. One of these days, maybe I will. I'll surprise you. So, uh, you know, Christmas is a time that is something that you, you you think about a lot of different things. And, you know, perception sometimes can determine what you do. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, if you were here, you may remember that I spoke about uh, something. And one of the things I said was um, that how you view life drives how you do life. Does anybody remember that? How you do life is a lot determined by how you view life. And so I think perception is something that's very important. I was remembering a a story that somebody told me, and so I'm going to try to tell it to you this morning and see. There were these two guys, and they were hunters. Now, they were amateurs. How many hunt? How many people hunt? I know there's a lot of hunters here. But these guys were amateurs. They weren't people that went and built a a stand and, you know, got all that stuff set up. They uh, They were amateurs, but they were out in the woods hunting, and they were looking for a deer. And so as they're out there, they're walking through the woods, and, and it's very quiet. It's all about nature. And as they walk, you can hear the leaves under their feet. The sound of leaves, like, crunching, crum- crumbling, like, and as they walk, they're out in the woods. And so these two amateur hunters are walking along, and they get to a point, and they see something move, and they think it might be a deer, so they go a little closer got to the side of bush there and pulled the, the leaves aside and looked in there and the guy said, there he is. Looked back at his friend and he says, man, that's right? Look at that deer. And looking for this beautiful buck. There he is. Turns around to the guy and says, now, hand me the rifle. Said, I didn't bring a rifle. I looked back at him and he said, Look, the rifle I, I, I gave you at the truck. I told you to bring the rifle. I said, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember that. I didn't bring a rifle. So the guy's like very frustrated at this point and concerned. And he, he turns around, he looks at his friend and he says, Listen, man, if you didn't bring that rifle, we're in trouble. I looked back at him and said, what? It's nothing but just a deer. I know, but there's a bear behind you. The guy looked back at him and said, which way are you going to run? Because I just want to know, because whichever way that is, I'm going to run the other way.
so I don't run over you. See, the guy's perception of things changed at the moment in time when he realized there was a bear and not a deer. So sometimes when you do that, things that are actually happening in your life change your attitude completely. So I'm going to ask you a question today. How do you see Christmas? When you look at Christmas, at the season, at the day, what do you see? Some of you may see the sparkle in your children or grandchildren's eyes when they think about them seeing presents and seeing the joy in their eyes. Some of you may <clears throat> think about the beauty of a, of a tree or the smells of Christmas, the smell of fresh cookies in the oven or the, the fresh uh, smell of a, of a pine tree in your house or other candles or things that maybe that's what it is or, or lights. It's another thing we think about and that's a, when we say, well, what do you think about how do you see Christmas? Lights. There's a place in St. Augustine, you know, they have the Festival of Lights or Parade of Lights. Whatever it is, you go on a, on a cart, this tram, and it takes you around the town. They've decorated the whole place with lights. There's a place in a neighborhood where we used to live, near where we used to live, that was uh, a community, a, a little neighborhood, and everybody had signed on to the idea that they were going to go over the top with Christmas lights. It's off of Gervin Road up in Jacksonville. A lot of people around, maybe some of you have been there, and they, they each house just decorated you know, with lights and all these things and inflatables, nativity scenes. They, they even had things where some neighbors would take a line or a rope or something and tie it to a tree on their property across the street and tie it to another tree on another property and hang lights on this uh, on this line across the street. So when you would drive down the street, you'd see these lights hanging down. Maybe that's what you see when you see Christmas, lights. But what I want to ask you today is, is that all you see when you see Christmas, some of those things. Maybe you uh, here today and, and you might have a different perspective. Maybe you see things like stress in Christmas. I heard somebody the other day, I hadn't heard this before, somebody said that they were calling it Stressmas. <laughs> see, they heard that. And then if you try to replace the Christ in Christmas, replacing it with stress, then you must be stressed out. Stressness. I didn't. I didn't like it all that much, but I was like, I guess people get stressed out at Christmas. Maybe the bills that are going to come due are bigger than the the dollars in your bank account, right? I know I've experienced that many times before, and you and you wonder about it, or you think about you've got family members coming over. How many people have family coming in for Christmas? Maybe for a day, maybe for a visit. And there's a lot of family members that you have, I'm sure, when they come in that you like a lot, you get along with well, and and everything's nice and smooth, but there's always somebody that's a piece of work, isn't there? Just be honest, now it's Christmas. I always hoped that I wasn't the one that was that piece of work. <laughs> and in fact, I probably think that I was <laughs> most of the time. But, you know, you could look at, well, families coming in. But what about the craziness of cleaning the house, cooking the turkey, making the food, getting things ready? The busyness of it all. Maybe that's how you see Christmas. What about, what about the idea of your kids being out of school for two weeks? I know. Exactly, right? Two weeks? You want to make Christmas stressful, that's one way to do it right there. Let your kids stay home for two weeks, right? <laughs> it just makes me wonder sometimes how I get through it all and get, get to the to the point where it's over. And, 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 you know, I talked to somebody actually here earlier today. It's Christmas Eve today. We have this service this morning, which is great. 
We have a, a little a family event. We're going to exchange gifts today because we're traveling tomorrow. And then tonight we have our candlelight Christmas Eve service. All these things are wonderful and great. Then tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., a flight leaves that we're supposed to be on to Maryland to visit my sister for Christmas. So we're traveling on Christmas Day. So the next less than 24 hours now are going to be pretty busy for us. You know, there's going to be a lot of stress. So just pray that we make that plane, right, <laughs> that we get there on time. But I, I'm going to ask you again, as you think through all of these things, whatever they are, is that, whatever those things are on the list, is that all you see when you think of Christmas? If it's the stress, if it's the busyness, if it's the children, if it's the lights, if it's the food. Sometimes people have times at Christmas where it's a time of sadness. And I don't mean to be to bring things down or anything. I'm just saying this. That's a, that there are times like that. There are people that might find themselves alone at Christmas or being lonely because they don't have one to share that time with. There are people here uh, today, I'm sure, who uh, are facing this Christmas for the first time without someone that was with them in their life last Christmas. You know, I mean, that, that's something that's, that's challenging. I know people that are in that, that circumstance. Last Christmas, there were certain people that are in their life, and this Christmas, they're not. And that can cause some, some sadness or feelings of, of loneliness. Maybe that's how some of you view Christmas. Maybe, maybe you have a Christmas this year. Maybe it's the first year. Maybe it happens again where you have your children or your grandchildren have to experience two Christmases, one with your family and one with the family of perhaps a former spouse. Is that a way that you might see Christmas through the lens of things that maybe being, because of all of those reasons, or maybe each of those, or maybe some of those collectively, where it might be a time of a little bit of sadness? I wouldn't want it to be, but I'm asking you, how do you see what, when you talk about Christmas, how do you see it? And what I want to talk to you today about is this. I want you to see Christmas in a different light today. I want you to see, no matter how you've seen it before, no matter what you've looked at it in the time of, of your life, I want you to look at it a little bit differently today. I don't want you to just see Christmas not just the way that, that Mary and Joseph saw it, Jesus' father and mother, or how the shepherds in the field saw it. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Or how the magi or the wise men saw it. We talked about that also a couple of weeks ago. How they saw it, I don't want you to just see that. I want you, if at all possible, I would love it, in fact, if you would look at Christmas with me today the way that heaven saw it, the way that heaven saw Christmas. I know that sounds strange, maybe to some of you, because I don't know all of you here today. There's some guests here today, and that's great. So I don't know everyone here, and even the folks that I do know, I, I would ask, or I would say that I don't know for certain, but there may be people here who may not even believe that Jesus was an authentic figure in the, in the course of history. It's possible. I don't know. So thinking about how heaven saw Christmas, maybe for you might be a little bit of a reach or a stretch. I'm not sure. But I'm going to ask you to come with me today, and let me just take you to this thought that I want to communicate about this idea of looking at the Christmas story in a different light. I'm convinced of this. I'm certain of this because it really was revealing to me. If you see what heaven saw, you can see it. 
I believe with utmost certainty that you would respond the way heaven responded. Heavenly Father, I ask you today to just bring this message forth in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that you would just honor every word on this on this message today, that it would bring glory to you, and that it would let us see Christmas in a different light, and, and to see how heaven saw that marvelous day of the birth of Jesus. In, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I'm going to read a scripture that's one of the most, probably best Scripture to, to describe the what we know as the Christmas story. I read this a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to read it again. We'll put it on the screen for you, those of you who uh, have your Bibles or your devices. You can turn to me with uh, to, to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to begin. This is the NIV version. We're going to begin in verse 8. And this is what it says. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause a great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly... Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. Now I wanted to point this out to you, this word, and suddenly. Suddenly. A great company, it says here, of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. All of a sudden there was an angel talking to the shepherds and saying, don't be scared. It's all right. I know I'm an angel. I've appeared. <laughs> I've obviously frightened you. Don't be scared. It's all right. Then, after this one angel is here, the next thing it says is suddenly, with the angel was a great company, the NIV says. Or it says in the ESV, a multitude of the heavenly host. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. Say that with me. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Now that was sort of loud, and I'm not going to really put you on the spot, but I'm going to ask you to just bring the volume up on that just a little bit one more time. Glory to God. There you go. Now that might give you just a little bit, but not even close to what it was that the that was coming forth. This multitude of angels were rejoicing. It had to be a sight to behold. So what did they see? What were, was this multitude of angels and this, this great throng? There was one angel, now there's a bunch of them. What did they see? You know what they saw that day, I think? I think from heaven these angels saw the answers to all of our prayers. Now that was 2,000 approximately. I'm talking about, I think they saw the answers to our prayers today. I think that's what they saw. I think they saw an answer to all of the problems of the human condition. Both yesterday, on that day, and forevermore. That's what I believe 
heaven saw. So see, I don't know how you view Christmas all the ways we looked at it and talked about it before, but I know this. I believe this. If you and I could see what they saw that day, the way they saw it, it would change everything in our lives. It would change everything in our lives. It would change how we look at things. It would change the way food tasted. It would change the way we treat other people. It would change the way we got along with our family. It would change the importance of our job that we have to work at every day. It would change everything if we saw what they saw. They were celebrating in heaven harder than anyone else. Not the people on earth, not the shepherds, not everyone else. They were celebrating big time. They were getting jiggy with it. A few laughs. How many know? Well, come on, guys. I'm sorry for using that reference. I'm going to catch grief, I'm sure, from my family, my wife today after that. I just said, in church, get jiggy with it. The point is, they were having a celebration. It was massive. It wasn't anything that we could even really relate to. It was huge. When they saw what they saw, the reaction was enormous. See, for centuries before that, people have been crying out to God. They have been looking for answers to all the problems they were facing. They even asked, if God loves us, same questions we have today a lot of times. If God loves us, if he's that loving God, why is he absent? Where is he? This is what happened uh, with, with all the things that happened in the stories that we have read in the Old Testament from the Israelites being in slavery to, to just on and on and on. We'll go through them all. We know a lot of them. The stories of the Bible, there were things that were competitive, that were broken, that had broken relationships, that had wars, famine, difficulties, challenges. I've always said I don't think we've ever had to face anything. All the difficulties and challenges that we face here in this in this modern era in 2017 are not anything compared to what some, some of the people in the Old Testament stories went through. Not even a comparison to it. Where was God? But I'll tell you what it is. The book, the, 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 the period that we call the Old Testament, those books that contain all these stories, the one thing, the narrative that overrides the whole thing is God's steadfast love for his people. No matter what they were going through, no matter what it was, there's not a place you can find in there where it wasn't an overarching narrative that God had a steadfast love for them in the midst of it all. No matter what it was that they were going through. Some of them, I'm sure, felt like there was something missing. God's absent. What's going on? Why are these things happening to me? Life isn't complete. And maybe, just maybe, and very likely, some of us in here today feel that same way. Maybe that's how you feel right now. Incomplete in some ways. Or maybe there's a, an emptiness or something that you're, that you're looking for that's not quite there. I believe that God's people, I know, it's recorded, I think God's people had as many questions or more questions than they ever had answers. How many feel like sometimes that you have more questions than you have answers in your life? It's okay. I'm raising my hand because I do. I have more questions than I have answers. I believe that people of God at that time, they had as much hurt in their lives as they had hope. So what do we see? When you look over your life and you see the heartache or the struggle 
things you go through, ask why do you go through them, whatever it might be. Sometimes it doesn't feel complete. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's all there. Or maybe your story could be this. Your story might be one of incredible success. You may have had a year in 2017 where the chart's going up and to the right. Anybody ever heard that? I think we got a slide for that. That's it. I remember a company I used to work for. We'd walk around and talk to each other and say, hey, man, how's it going today? Up and to the right, man. Up and to the right. That's what they said. Up and to the right. If it's going up and to the right, and you look at a chart of things, that means things are going well. Going good. Maybe your life has been going up and to the right. Maybe that's how things have been. Maybe you've had incredible success. Maybe you've gotten to get a, a, an awesome car this year. Your bank account's fatter than it was uh, last year. Maybe there's a lot of things like that that have happened to you, and there's success that has found you. And that's great. I, I praise God for that. I think that's wonderful. But down deep inside, even if you've experienced that, and you may not say it outwardly or overtly, but there's something that you're asking yourself. And this is the question that I've asked myself so many times over the years. Is this all there is? Is this all there is? And I believe, as it was with me, that there are many people that when they ask that question, they don't really want to know what the answer is. Because they're scared a little bit, worried that the answer might be, yeah, this is all there is. You can be going up and to the right. You can have all kinds of success. And that's it. That might be you today. I don't know. But I know this. That at the very first Christmas, heaven rejoiced. And they rejoiced. And you know what you see in those words, that little bit that the heavenly host or the multitude of angels or however, you, whatever version you're reading. When they're saying that, that is a snippet of what it was. There's no way those words could describe what it was that was happening. It was a what I would call a partial reveal. Have you ever seen the reveals on these shows like the, the house shows and they, they reveal, you know, what the old house looked like and now the new house looks like this or, or a makeover show or something. Here's what you look like before. Here's what you look like now. This was a partial reveal recorded in the scripture of what it was that we saw. Just a snippet of these angels shouting exclaiming in, in, a, in a manifest that we can't even imagine of just celebratory glory. They were announcing thanks to God, glory to God, and that they were announcing that good news was on the way to humanity. Good news was on its way. And in, in fact, I think there was something like a just a thunderous applause. Have you ever... Like even at church when we said a little while ago, we give a round of applause for everyone. Can you imagine, have you ever been where an applause just sort of keeps going at an event? Maybe maybe you've been at a football game or a, or a concert or something where it's just sort of a swell. I believe that's what it was, just thunderous ovation. A few years later, Jesus would even come to, to talk to people and they would come to hear him teach. And in Matthew 13, 17, he said this. He said, for truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. I believe that there was 
this time that, that, that the angels in heaven, and again, this is me, I'm, now I'm, I'm speculating a little bit, I'm giving you Billy's version, okay? If I were there, and I'm thinking about all of heaven, waiting and seeing all these things that have been happening and knowing who God is. And then the next thing is like, man, when is this going to happen? It was anticipation. And then the next thing is the birth of Jesus and the heavens opened up and they said, glory to God, glory to God. Excitement filled the air. Celebrations occurred. There was parties going on. They had been waiting with anticipation for all of these things, for all of these years. They were waiting and they were anticipating for God to act. And he acted in Jesus. In Jesus. The birth of Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas started three decades of a man here on this earth, fully God, fully man, here on this earth, proclaiming the most uh, uh, profound truths the greatest wisdom, whatever, however you want to describe it, you could say uh, profound philosophy, however you want to describe it. I describe it simply as the marvelous truth. To this day, there's never been a person, all of the philosophers, all the great thinkers, all the great writers of our history, have never said the words that have stuck around the way the words of Jesus does. And I don't mean just in a church. I mean in in the world. How many times have you been out in the world and people say things that were, that came from the words of Jesus? Many times. There are things that he taught that overarch every other person in history. That's not by accident. That's that's what that's what the angels saw when when they when they when they were celebrating. The teachings of Jesus is part of the story. But let me tell you, there's another part of the story, and that's where we rejected him. And when I say we, I don't mean we like just the people in this building. I mean we, mankind. Mankind rejected. Some people say, well, the Jews, I've heard people say, the Jews killed Jesus, the Romans killed Jesus. They didn't kill Jesus. We did. Not we, us. Mankind, humankind. That's who killed Jesus. We rejected him. After all of the things that he had done and people who had seen it, they rejected him. And yet, he went to a criminal's death on a cross surrounded by two guys who actually did commit crime. And what's the first thing he said? Forgive them. That was who Jesus was. Forgive them. I always said, like, I couldn't understand how could these people have rejected Jesus because so many of them saw what he did. Now think about it. Have you ever asked yourself, if you were, and I've talked with Christina about this, think about if you were there, Christina. Man, if we were there and we saw him raise the dead and we saw him perform miracles and and the blind could see and and the deaf could hear and, and people that couldn't walk could walk and lepers were healed. And all of these wonderful things, and, and food was created out of two loaves. Five loaves. <laughs> two fish. He, he feeds thousands of people. You saw all of this. How would you ever deny him? How would you? Would you do that if you had seen all of that, or would you believe? Mm, yeah, so you're not quite sure. Well, I'll tell you one guy that didn't, and that was Peter. Peter saw all of this. He walked on the water. 
Peter walked on the water, and then, until his own, you know, mind let him sink, he saw Jesus speak, and the storm stopped, and the wind stopped, and the seas calmed by his word. Peter saw that, but he denied him, not once, not twice, but three times. And not only did he deny him three times, he was told in advance that he was going to deny him. And he denied that he was going to deny him. (laughs) He saw it all. But I think, yeah, probably, I hate to say it, I wish I didn't have to say it, but goodness, if I had seen all of that, I'd probably be right there with him, rejecting him. That would have been me. But yet, in spite of that, in spite of that, the story of Jesus and the marvelous thing about his birth is not that a child was born, but that in spite of all that, he embraced us. He embraced us with love. When we failed him over and over again, he embraces us with love. He did it for me. And, you know, I tell you, when you get lost in the things of this world and Christmas of the gifts, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with all this, but the gifts and the, the parties and the cookies and the food and the socializing. and Or you might get lost in the things I talked about before, the stress or the emptiness or the loneliness or, or the loss. <sighs> Let me tell you, no matter how you see Christmas and what lens you're looking at it through, he's here with arms wide open because he loves you. He loves you and he's embracing you today. That's what the angels saw. That's what heaven saw. And let me tell you something else that they saw. That they knew inherently. They saw when they were celebrating this, they saw that not only Jesus was going to come and that he was going to die a criminal's death, but guess what else? He was going to rise again in three days. He was going to be the Savior of the world. That's the difference. He was providing God's rescue plan for sin and death that was certain for all of us. But he had the rescue plan. That's why they were celebrating. That's why they were excited. See, it didn't matter if we're indifferent about it. It didn't matter if we denied him. It didn't matter if we're having to go through the things that we have, if it's sadness or if it's hurt and all of that. It hasn't changed the fact that Jesus has provided a rescue plan for us and he is standing there arms wide open because he loves us. He is embracing you today. You can reject him, but he will embrace you. tell you something to do. When we place our full confidence, trust in Him as our Lord and Savior and, and, and ask Him to forgive us our sins and commit our lives to living for Him, new life springs forth from us. New life will spring forth from you. Old things will be in the past and all things, the Scripture says, will become new. All things in your life, no matter where you've been, what you've done, what has happened, it doesn't matter because all things at the birth of Jesus became new for those who accept him. That's the message of Christmas. That's what the angels saw. 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by Him. And He said it, and He meant it, not in an arrogant way, not in a haughty way. He said that you don't need anybody but me. I'm the only one you need. You don't have to look to the world for all these other things. You don't have to look for all this. And no matter what you're going through or how successful you've been, I am here to embrace you because I love you. That's what they saw. That's what they saw. And let me tell you, he's the way to the Father. And that invitation is not limited to anyone, no matter what your background, no matter what your religion no matter what you've been through, it is not limited. It is for you, and it is for me, and it's free. That's the best Christmas present you can get, right? That's free? That's the present he gave us. Free. He did it all for us. That's what heaven was celebrating that night. That's what they saw when this eruption occurred in heaven. They didn't see just a baby being born. They saw a, a, a coming of hope for the world. They saw, the angels saw, this is the hope of the world. This is 